Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. For me, it was the right fit against the New York Giants. Like, this is, this is the New York Giants. If you don't like it, then you're welcome to leave. But that's the way that we do things around here. Man, I'm so blessed. It's crazy. I've been manifesting New York. I kind of had a feeling it was going to be New York, but now that we're here, man, God is good. Once a giant, always a giant. For me, it's only a giant. Welcome, everybody, to a special edition of All In With Art Stapleton, a New York Giants podcast brought to you by the USA Today Network and NorthJersey.com. I'm your host, Art Stapleton, and it is rookie minicamp weekend for the New York Giants. But that was kind of upstaged a little bit by the biggest man on the roster is now locked in, locked and loaded, ready to go. A big contract for a big man. That is Dexter Lawrence, defensive tackle, All-Pro, NFLPA, second-team All-Pro, AP, Pro Bowler, and legitimately the centerpiece of this Giants defense from a year ago. He has agreed to a contract extension and signed on Friday. So with the entire draft class, uh, a whole bunch of tryouts at the facility on Friday, Dexter takes center stage four years $90 $90 million, $60 million guaranteed. We don't have the exact structure or the details for the cap hits, but Dexter Lawrence, yet another Giants, really centerpiece player, signs a second contract and gets big money. Uh, we talked to Dex. The rookies were out in attendance We have uh, several rookies that have signed already for the Giants, so we'll get to that in a little bit. But I think it's appropriate to talk about Dexter Lawrence. If you listen to All In, which I hope all of you who are listening now remember when the offseason program began or really going back to the Combine, I told you that Dexter Lawrence, the contract extension, would get done. It was just a matter of working through The financial details, obviously, but the Giants wanted Dexter here. Joe Shane made a point of saying that at the season-ending press conference. Uh, Nobody looked to dispute the idea that defensive tackle, uh, defensive line in particular, is a premium position deserving of a big contract. We saw that in free agency when Javon Hargrave left the Eagles, and then Contract extensions for Jeffrey Simmons in Tennessee, which puts him at $23.5 million annual average value. The big one for Dexter Lawrence was Deron Payne of Washington. He ended up getting, these numbers sound familiar, four years, $90 million, 60 guaranteed. The agent who represented Payne, Joel Siegel, is Dexter Lawrence's agent. So the Giants knew, and so did Dexter Lawrence, that any contract that they were going to put together, they essentially had a framework in place that 
Lawrence and Payne with the same agency, relatively the same success and production. Uh, you can make your argument on who you believe is the better player. Payne did it for several seasons before Dexter, uh, but Dexter Lawrence's year last year, you can put up against any defensive tackle in the NFL. I truly believe that. So when Payne agreed to his contract about, I guess it was about a month ago, maybe even going back to the combine, I remember writing and I also said on this show that when that contract got done, that was going to grease the skids for Dexter Lawrence. Whenever they decided that they were going to get down to business and finish this thing off, it was going to be along the same lines of Deron Payne's deal. And what do you know? It's almost exact to the penny. Now, the structure may be differently, and that sometimes depends on the team and what the team prefers to do as far as when they pay the guaranteed money off, uh, what year, how it falls, cap hit-wise. We'll get those details regarding Lawrence's contract once it goes through the league office and gets uh, finalized and becomes official through the NFLPA. But Dexter has signed the contract. He flew up from where he was training in Florida to get here today. Uh, it was kind of an interesting scene. The rookies and tryouts were out for rookie minicamp with the entire coaching staff. Uh, it's essentially a, a practice for the team. And it's just with guy, a whole bunch of guys who won't be here beyond tomorrow. And unfortunately, that's the reality. But here comes Dexter, and you notice him from the distance. We're on the far field from the building. And here comes Dexter walking out. And, you know, I said to a couple of the guys, we know he's a massive person. You know, he's 6'4", 6'5", 342, which is what he's listed at. So when you see him in a uniform with shoulder pads on, he's a big guy. When you see him today, and look, we're around him in the locker room. So I never really look at, you know, I don't look at Dex because I've been around him since he walked in the building. Uh, you know, I, I know his size. I know he's a big guy, but I don't look at him and go, boy, he's massive. Today, for some reason, w the way he was walking, maybe the shirt he was wearing, whatever it was, he was a massive, massive presence. Uh, so it kind of, you know, it takes you back a little bit. Realize that just a couple short seasons ago, 2019, Dexter Lawrence and Daniel Jones were participating in rookie minicamp. And now they were they were roommates that training camp as rookies. And now Daniel Jones signed four years, 160 million, and Dexter Lawrence signs four years, 90 million, 60 guaranteed. Uh, it, it's a good day for the Giants. You can see in the videos that the Giants put out the hugs that Dexter Lawrence got from Brian Dable, kind of a little Sexy Dexy dance from Dexter Lawrence and Dable kind of doing the same thing. Uh, thought it was interesting that Dexter Lawrence said about Joe Shane that he knew where they were coming from. He never felt disrespected by the Giants throughout this entire process. He just wanted to be respected. He didn't necessarily have numbers in mind that he felt like the Giants needed to get to. Obviously, Payne's number was a bar and a standard in my mind. So... Dexter's not going to come out and say that, but that's where he wanted to get to. Uh, and, you know, you saw the reaction with him and Joe Shane, and that's important for Joe Shane right now. You know, some of these negotiations, they're supposed to be contentious. But at the end of the day, 
You saw it with Daniel Jones, was with Joe Shane after they made their deal. You saw it with Dexter Lawrence. And the Giants hope that eventually when Saquon Barkley and the team can get to a resolution as far as his contract goes, that they will have the same reaction uh, with Saquon and the front office and the coaching staff uh, because I, I don't believe it's contentious. I believe they're just doing what they can business-wise for Saquon and his people and the Giants. So Dexter Lawrence was asked about Saquon today, and he said, I just hope Saquon gets what he deserves, and you know, you're know you not going to start throwing out numbers, and guys are not going to hang out in other people's wallets uh, and look at their bank accounts, uh, but they know what knows what goes on in this league so that's the next order of business for the Giants to try to find common ground with Saquon Barkley and figure out where they can get to. Will Joe Shane go back to the number that they had on the table at the end of the season, which approached $13 million a year? Uh, I don't know if he's going to go there. You know, they've got Saquon locked in at $10.1 million for one year on the franchise tag, but... I think they're going to have to bump it up a little bit in order to be able to convince Saquon that it's worth his while to sign that contract more than one year and, and not to put at risk uh, what he's earned here. And look, I, I can understand where Saquon might be coming from. You know, you're the face of the franchise. You're one of the marquee players, not only in the NFL, but in New York, as far as athletes go, Saquon is likely the most recognizable with the Giants, and that carries some weight. Should it carry weight with salary cap ramifications and roster assignment in terms of fiscal responsibility and what Joe Shane needs to do in order to build a roster? It matters a little, but I don't think it matters ultimately. Joe Shane is being paid to build a roster, and that's the frustrating part of it because Saquon sees Daniel Jones celebrated, Dexter Lawrence celebrated, sees those numbers. His contract is not going to come anywhere near that. And I can't speak for Saquon, but I know that would be a hit to my ego. You know, look, I'm just as valuable as my teammates. But the reality is Saquon plays a position that is devalued in the NFL. Whether you think it should be or not, whether you think Saquon should be paid like a weapon and not a running back, that's up to debate. I truly don't see this going down the road of Saquon not being at training camp and the Giants having to think about rescinding a franchise tag. I just, I think smarter heads are going to prevail here. I truly believe that the Giants want him here. Uh, I don't believe they're as good of a team going into this season as currently constituted without Saquon Barkley. I mean, it doesn't take a genius to figure it out. But I also think it, it's got to get to the point where Saquon realizes his best bet is taking the most guaranteed money that he can get here uh, for an extended period of time. And I think that's, you know, if you can get $13 million a year annual average value, but you get half your contract guaranteed, Right now, you're getting 10.1 guaranteed. If the Giants offer 20 or $25 million guaranteed over the course of the next three years, which I'm not sure if they get to that number, but let's just say they double the $10.1 million and say, we'll give you 
you know, three years, just under $39 million a year with $20 million guaranteed. It'd be hard for me if I were representing Saquon Barkley to turn that down. Uh, I don't know if he'll take it. I don't know if Joe Shane will offer that. I don't know if he wants to drive a hard bargain. I don't know uh, how much he believes in not paying the running back beyond a certain point. They've been able to keep the emotions out of it to this point from a Giants perspective in the front office. You know, Maybe they bumped up Daniel Jones a little bit, uh, but I don't think that was based on emotion. I think that was based on value and need in that situation. Could I envision an opportunity where the Giants would go down that road where they're in August and rescind the tag on Saquon Barkley? It's very hard for me to see that, to see this turning into that. I don't believe ownership is going to go to the front office and go to Joe Shane and say, hey, listen, we need Saquon here to sell tickets. You got to bump up his offer to 14. I don't think that's going to happen. And I think John, John Mara and Steve Tisch have shown that this is Joe Shane's show. And there's no reason to take power away from Joe Shane. I really don't think that's a situation. I don't think that will be in play. And I do believe that as happened with Daniel Jones and as happened with Dexter Lawrence, yes, they were more clear cut than the Saquon situation. But I do believe that at the end of the day, the Giants will get a deal done with Saquon Barkley. I think we may go closer to the summer before we get that done, you know, but We'll see what happens. So Dexter was the headliner today. Uh, the rookies, look, Jalen Hyatt looked good running routes. Uh, he participated in individuals, did not participate in seven-on-seven. Seven. I think that's just the Giants not wanting to burn guys out. I also wonder, Hyatt is unsigned, so maybe that's a request that they talked about and said, you know what, we're not going to put you into seven-on-seven seven and risk injuries Uh where, you know, seven on seven, look, you're battling as wide receivers. He's not under contract. Uh, I would hold Hyatt out as well. You don't need any fluke situations where uh, a player gets his cleat caught in a shoelace, which we saw that when Odell Beckham Jr. was a rookie and got caught in uh, a shoelace of a teammate and he ended up hurting his hamstring and missed essentially the first month of the season in addition to training camp. So it would not surprise me if the Giants decided uh, with the blessing of Hyatt and his representatives that until we get a contract settled and get this slotted contract done, um, we're not going to put him in seven-on-sevens in situations where he could risk injury. Uh, so I haven't seen that out there. Uh, I have to check on that in my sources, but that's what my gut tells me, that that's why the Giants held him out of seven-on-sevens. Uh, and look, the seven-on-seven period was very quick. They were shuttling guys in and out. Uh, it, it's not a big deal. I mean, as long you know, unless the Giants come out tomorrow and say, hi, it's not practicing uh, because he hurt himself, uh, there's no reason to believe that. He came out, talked to reporters after, uh, talked to all of us after practice, uh, seemed fine. Uh, Deontay Banks was out there. We asked him about his number 36. It was essentially, uh, not in his words, mine, you know, let's see where we're at in training camp and what numbers come available because I don't envision myself wearing 36. Look, Mark Haynes wore that for the Giants, had a very good career. Uh, it's not about the number. I think, I think Banks wants a little bit more attractive number 
uh, in terms of what you would anticipate DBs wearing, especially corners, uh, to this day. Uh, not much to see from John Michael Schmitz. Obviously, he's he's as big as advertised. We saw him on draft weekend out here in uniform, but there's no hitting, uh, no pads. Uh, he did all the snapping. Not much to really discuss in that situation. One thing, interesting thing to watch before I wrap up here will be the quarterbacks. And uh, I think with Tommy DeVito, obviously, who Brian Dable called local legend, uh, he played his ball at Don Bosco. He's from North Jersey, lives in Cedar Grove. His entire family went to Syracuse. He went to Syracuse, then uh, Illinois, and now is here. He signed a UDF contract uh, and got some good at guarantee money as well. As far as his competition, I'd keep an eye on Bryce Perkins. Another Perkins, Paul Perkins, was a draft pick of the Giants previously. This is his younger brother, Bryce was a quarterback for the Rams last year. He went to Virginia and was at UCLA a little bit. Um, and he has a pretty interesting skill set. Dual threat. Reminds me a little bit of what Tyrod Taylor brings to the table in terms of you know that kind of uh, player. I mean, I guess you could say a lesser extent Daniel Jones doesn't possess really the power that Daniel has from what I saw today uh, in rookie minicamp, but that's an interesting little battle there, and I, I think the Giants might look to sign Bryce Perkins at some point, and if they carry four quarterbacks in the offseason, then it'll kind of be a battle between DeVito and Perkins in an ideal situation to develop that QB3 uh, behind Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor. So that's certainly something to watch. I'll have a story on NorthJersey.com over the weekend on Tommy DeVito. Uh, in the shadow of the place where he won a state championship for Don Bosco as a junior. Uh, now he's practicing and trying to get this journey to the NFL, and this is certainly the first step. So that about wraps it up. We have another session on Saturday. If anything comes of that, I'll hit you with another instant prod podcast. For now, though, we appreciate you being all in. We'll stay all in, and we'll catch you next week. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.